step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. I'm Dr. Jody Mullen, and this podcast is dedicated to helping parents and other people who are connected with children help children behave and be their best. I've been a counselor and play therapist for almost 30 years, and I'm a mom. That puts me in the perfect position to share with you lessons about children that I've learned from children themselves. These lessons have informed my parenting and my parent coaching and consulting. I recognize in working with thousands of children and parents that there are some basic and fundamental principles that can make our relationships with children, parenting, and parenthood less stressful, more joyful. I've whittled these basic principles down so I can share them with you as well as other lessons that I've learned here that will change and enhance the relationships you have with children, impact positively the way children behave, and the way you feel in connection to kids. These lessons will improve your overall parenting esteem. In this episode, I'm talking with Faith Wedigan to get more in-depth about coming, becoming perfectly whelmed. Faith is a full-time marketing professional with more side hustles than she can count, including her lifestyle and beauty blog, Rip Current, her current perspective, as a 20-something-year-old in a fast-paced society, will serve to reinforce our conversation about the what we could do versus the what we should do. Today, we'll be talking about setting personal and interpersonal non-negotiating, <laughs> non-negotiable, I should say, policies, how to decide what your policies are, how to stick to them, and how to clear out the overwhelm that we're experiencing. We'll pay special attention to the non-negotiable policies that will improve our parenting practices and overall health. For more information on parenting and children, check out my book, Raising Speakishly Well-Behaved Kids, that was inspired by children and the conversations in this podcast. You can also find additional resources for parents and professionals on my clinical website, www.integrativecounseling.us, and hang out with me on social media, on Instagram at Dr. Jody Mullen, or Dr. Jody Mully, and Facebook at Integrative Counseling. When I, um, and just a sidebar before Faye and I really get cracking here, is when I share stories related to clinical work, I make every effort to disguise any identifying information and any likenesses are just merely coincidences. So that being said, welcome back again, Faye. Thank you for having me again. Well, it's my delight and plus I feel like our conversation keeps getting deeper and more intricated and, and like allows for opportunities to really like tease out and deconstruct the, the little things that add up to really make a difference in our day-to-day lives and our connection to others. So I'm really glad to have you back. Oh, thank you very much. Excited to be here. Okay, cool. So let's start with this 
whole idea of setting personal and interpersonal non-negotiable policies. So could you give me an example of like what that is, what a non-negotiable personal policy or interpersonal uh, non-negotiable policy is? Yeah, so um, one example that I have in my daily life is uh, if I schedule self-care, that means that all I am doing is taking care of myself during that time. So I wouldn't Uh drop those plans to do something else for someone else. It would have to wait. Okay, that makes a whole lot of sense, is that it's like something you're putting on your calendar, something we've talked about before, too. You know, something you're putting on your calendar, that's a commitment. Um, but I think the non-negotiable part is, like, that that it doesn't matter what comes up, <laughs> like, that, that self-care is Yeah, non- no matter what it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think about, like, I think, you know, in planning for today's conversation, I was thinking a little bit about, like, um, what my non-negotiable policies are, um, especially related to parenting. And one of the things that um, I've done for many, many years. And I didn't even like really think of it as a non-negotiable policy until, you know, we were talking, you and I were talking about this behind the scenes. And, um, but it just came up as like, my daughter is a performer and my son is an athlete. And for their um, childhood, my daughter's 21 now. Um, She's still a performer and my son is 17. He's still an athlete. But even when they were little, is um, that if I had work to do in the evening, right, like if um, I had a client who wanted to be seen in the evening or another work commitment in the evening, what I would say when that was originally scheduled is my policy is, um, is that if if there's a performance my daughter is in or my son has a game, then I'm going to have to reschedule this. So I would, you know, because sometimes I wouldn't know till the end, but it really became like, um, and I, and it's something I still do today. If something comes up with my son or daughter, is then this is an, this is a policy of mine. I'm going to reschedule. Where I tend not to uh, reschedule, but that was something um, that I felt was important like important to do in that way so that I never had to make the choice between like doing something that was important to my children and important to me for my children um, and work. So that was one of the ways that I like kind of negotiated that. And then I was also thinking of another in just a bit of a different way about parenting. And so uh, uh, as a play therapist, one of the things that happens is when children enter the playroom, they hear um, this as an opening. So I would say, say, this is a very special room. You can do almost anything in here. If there's something you can't do, I will tell you. You can also say anything in here. So children um, in play therapy can use any words that they need to use, including colorful language. Most of them don't take me up on that, but whatever. So, um, So my husband and I had decided that we weren't really going to make swearing a um, battle in our home. So if our children use um, colorful language in any sort, um, that as long as they understood time and place, is that that wasn't going to be a thing. The non-negotiable part of that is they could not swear at each other and they could not swear at us. 
so they can use it to make their to tell a story, or, you know, or whatever. Or if they, you know, if if uh, something fell um, out of the cabinet and they, you know, said the um, SHIT, that that wouldn't be a thing. Um, but they couldn't swear at each other or us, and that was the non-negotiable part of that. Um, and so I think that in thinking about how to apply this to parenting um, and being a parent, there's a, multiple ways to do that. One is like how do you want to bracket your parenting um, and your time parenting, but then also um, how do you use it in parenting? So I was thinking about that in, in some different ways. Yeah, that's definitely a great example for sure. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so, so given that like both of us have already had some experience with these non-negotiable uh, policies, I thought that it would be helpful for us to talk about like how we even made those decisions that these should be policies and then also what are some challenges in sticking to them. And before we go there, I thought it would be worthwhile to, uh, for me to just explain where like the whole idea of making it a policy came from. I didn't make it up. It was something I learned um, <laughs> from, from Jack Canfield, the author of The Success Principles and Chicken Seeds for the Soul, um, who also, he also wrote the, for, the foreword to um, Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. But Jack Canfield talks about like using the word policy makes it seem like, like it has a lot of importance and credence. And it's not just like, a random thing. And so even using that in our own self-talk, like, oh, no, I have a policy that I don't miss my, you know, my son's games, right? Is that even in saying right. that, I'm like also hearing myself say that. So I just wanted to um, share that little background story on that. So I'm going to get curious with you here, Faye. How did you decide on some of these uh, personal and interpersonal non-negotiable policies that, that you have? Yeah, sure. Um, so honestly, I, I think it comes down to me just kind of being honest with myself, like what makes me feel good, like what's important to me. So self-care is important to me and not feeling stressed out is important to me. So the self-care thing kind of came from like if I don't fill my own cup, then I'm not able to be there for anybody else. So that has to come first. Like I need to schedule that and that needs to be a non-negotiable. Like if I'm doing self-care, that's what I'm doing. Um, and Sorry, that was me. What was that, Jody? <laughs> I, sorry, I, <laughs> I, I said that was me. I was shooing my cat away, and then I realized I did it out loud. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, another one is, is if I was thinking about something that stresses me out, it would be short deadlines. So if I'm doing, like, a brand collab, one uh -huh. of my non-negotiables is that I would, I would need a minimum of two weeks to create content for that brand. Um, right. And that's because I, I don't want to deal with having a short deadline when it's just not necessary. And then it mm -hmm. gives me enough time to really, like, put my best foot forward and get work out that I'm proud of rather than, mm -hmm. you know, stressing and running through. So I think it's about being honest about what you need for yourself. That helps yeah. you decide. <laughs> and I think that really, like, comes back to this whole idea about being perfectly whelmed versus, over you know, overwhelmed all the time because – when you're when you're creating these policies, you can create them around, um, you know, you can create them around not putting yourself in a position to be overwhelmed, right? And so um, I'll give it, I'll give an example as well. Here is um, 
uh, I review uh, play therapy and counseling sessions of other professionals and give them feedback. Uh, so it's a, a process called supervision or consultation. And um, if, if I have supervision or consultation with you tomorrow, you can't send me the, the session to review, um, the visually review the day before. It has to be two weeks before. Does it take me two weeks to review it? No, but that, again, it keeps me, like, from having to rush and do it right before. Or this way I have some way of planning that. And so that then I feel way more perfectly whelmed <laughs> because I right. know I have two weeks, so I – so I can really like figure out, okay, where, where does it fit in my schedule? Right. Yeah. So, so given that, you, you know, um, that you've been working on this already um, in terms of gaining that balance and ridding yourself of the um, overwhelm, what have you found have been some challenges to sticking to these non-negotiable policies? I have two that come to mind for sure. Uh-huh. Um, first challenge is definitely FOMO. Uh, fear of messing out. Sometimes if I'm doing a brand collab and I have to decline it because the deadline is too short, like I uh-huh. really do contemplate sometimes, you know, negotiating my policy, but it really isn't worth it. So FOMO is one of them. Um, and I would say that working from home can kind of make it difficult for me to not check my emails on my day off, which is another policy right. that I have. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just a couple of things that, uh, really tempt me sometimes to break my policy. How about you, Jody? Yeah, I, I am constantly challenged with breaking my policy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and I sometimes do. Um, the ones that, the one that I mentioned, you know, about, um, rescheduling things, um, to go to my kids' shows or um, athletic events, no, that's one that I won't. But the swearing one is one that I've never, you know, really felt um, challenged by. But some of the ones that are like, um, you know, I don't, um, like, I can give you an example from this week. So, like, I was not able to get all of my clients who were requesting appointments in this week. And, I have had a long, long standing uh, non-negotiable policy because I do not see patients on weekends. Absolutely not. I will absolutely not see a patient on a Saturday or Sunday. And there was a teeny part of me that was like, well, um, the way that you're you thought about it this week. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did think about it. And then I had to like <laughs> – I had to go like, no, it's a long standing policy. It's just not a new policy, (laughs) you know, that I'm evaluating. And I I think that that is part of it, too, is like um, when you're feeling a challenge to um, like kind of fall back um, and not stick to your policy is, is, and I, I think you said it perfectly, is like being honest with yourself is like, does this policy need to be reevaluated? Because, of course, that's, uh, you know, potentially that's something that you, you know, you would do. Um, but but why are you reevaluating? Like, there's a whole host <laughs> of other questions that fall into that. Like, why am I reevaluating this? Um, I can give you another, like, uh, one that has to do with my self-care. I, um, and, 
you know, some other aspects of self is I don't, um, I don't eat meat and I haven't for, I think I'm going on 12 years that I don't eat meat. Um, so that is so impressive. I just need to say that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very and impressed. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a policy based on, it doesn't make me feel well. And, um, you know, and, and, um, my policy is that if I'm going to eat meat or eggs, for example, that they would have to come from like, um, a, like a friend or somebody I'm connected to who hunts or who raises chickens or something like that. But that's, that's the kind of caveat to that policy. Well, um, we were traveling and I went and, and <laughs> we went to another country and I said, I'm going to like pull back on this policy because uh, this, how many times do I travel to Italy and have the opportunity yeah. Right. So, so I think that like things can be policies and, um, and still have some flexibility, but, but the scary part is, and, and I really do think the scary part is because is how easily we can um, give up our personal and interpersonal policies. So if my personal policy is that if I put a yoga class on my schedule is that I'm not going to take that yoga class off my schedule to work. But then I just do it just this once because this is really like a really cool opportunity, right? Is that like, I, I yeah. think that, that becomes a slippery slope. And then I go, well, this also is a really cool opportunity. And I could go, you know, to a different yoga class or I could at least get a walk-in still. And so I, I, I think that like that, again, goes back to what you were saying, say about being honest with yourself about like, uh oh, what are you doing here? You're, you know, you're not sticking to yeah. policy. I think there is definitely an importance of, uh, to have some policies that you can be flexible with. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely reevaluated what day of the week I would take off of work because before that was a, a completely non-negotiable. I would not check my emails on Fridays. I would not be taking work calls. Like, absolutely not. And uh-huh. I reevaluated that because I was like, do I really care whether I take off on a Friday or a Monday? And I was like, not really. So it's, <laughs> it's negotiable for me now. It doesn't really matter when it is, but I do need one day off. So it's kind of like a semi. As long as I take a day, for me, that's okay. But maybe for somebody else, that's not the case. And it has right. to be non-negotiable on Fridays. Right. So, so I think if we, like, kind of backtrack this a little bit, it's recognizing what's important to you. Right, because I think it's when right. we take these, and 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 it doesn't have like um, I think an important aspect of this is it doesn't have to be important to honestly to anybody else but you, and that's what and that's why it really informs parenting, because if in order to be my best at work as a parent, um, you know, it, a member of the com- community, you know, um, as a in all the different roles I have. Uh, I know that if I don't move, right, if I don't go for a run, if I don't go to yoga class, if I don't, if I don't move in some capacity, that that's going to get in my way. So I know that has to be a policy. It has to be a policy right. that I uh, allow myself sometimes, you know, to move every day. So I think it's almost, it's being reflective of like, um, how, how do I, one, not overwhelm myself and or un- and unoverwhelm myself and then 
um, how do I hold myself accountable? And I, and I think like a caveat to that is, you know, being able to say this is a policy um, and feel respected, you know, and understood about that. And, and, and so sometimes that's a conversation you have to have with, you know, people that you work with or, you know, um, you know, people in your family, like at, at, in, in saying that to my kids, like my policy is, or our policy is, and that's how we presented it, as long as you can use whatever language you need to use to express yourself, if you cannot use it, um, you cannot weaponize it, in the, you know, in our house, in our home. Right. Yeah. It's a good boundary practice, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it goes back to, like, you know, in some ways, um, you, what we talked about last time um, was um, how to downsize our to-do lists, right? And if you haven't listened to that episode, it, it really ties in, don't you think, super nicely with this in that one way Absolutely. to downsize your <laughs> one way to downsize your to-do list is make policies about what winds up on your to-do list and and not just what winds up on your to-do list, but like I think both of us have given examples about the timeline of those things, right, is that that can be a way to maybe not necessarily downsize your to-do list, but to manage your to-do list as if you have a policy of I only um, make, you know, I, I, it can be like here's an interpersonal one, like I only um, will go to, like make time to go to one, um, you know, drive around to one appointment, <laughs> you know, a week, or, you know. Like, it can be something like that unless, like, you know, and you can have, um, you can have um, aspects of your policy that are, like, unless this happens. Like, you know, so I I, I think that that can help you manage your to-do list as well. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. So, um, so the the policies that you have stuck to, I want to, like, uh, drill in a little bit deeper on this, the policies that you have stuck to, um, what are the results of that? Um, Honestly, this might be one of my favorite things. Like actually (laughs) calling it a non-negotiable policy is one of my new favorite things. And I actually say that in my daily life. And my mom has looked at me and said, like, what in the heck are you talking about? (laughs) I'm like, mom, you got to try this. Um, But I think the results are just like a I, I feel like the work that I produce is better. Mm-hmm. And I know that that I keep bringing this back to a work standpoint, but it genuinely does take a lot of the stress away from having deadlines. If you're more realistic with yourself and you set a non-negotiable and you're honest with people about your boundaries, I have noticed that I feel genuinely better. Yeah. I'm more productive I mean- that way. I feel happier. Right. And and I think you do better you do better work, right? So that's so Yeah, if, definitely. If it, so if it works like that in a professional capacity, let's talk now about like how that works in a personal capacity, right? So um, you know, I, I, I can think of another example is you know, around chores and responsibilities around around the home. And if you look if you dig into the research literature on families um, especially those that come out of family therapy work, what you find is that chores are the number one thing that people uh, fight, argue, cause tension, you know, about. So if I think having some policies around that 
can really make your, your household operate better, and it can also make things clearer about who, who has what roles related to chores, like what are the expectations, because they think a lot of time um, that around that is where, is where you, uh, you are going to find stress as a parent, right? And so, like, we right. have... Um, you know, I was talking to my cat, shooing her out of here, you know, a few moments ago. Um, but we don't just have one cat in our house. We have four. Um, and four cats with seven litter pans. And so everybody is responsible um, for taking care of uh, litter pans. And so um, that we, there is a policy around this. these are the litter can, pans that you take care of. And the expectation is, that they get taken care of in this particular way. And if they don't, because you are now violating a policy, is you can't, like, this is, this is going to sound very harsh, but like you can't leave the house until you do, right? And so if my son right. is, you know, jetting out even to, like, basketball practice and he hasn't, you know, followed through with the policy, he also knows that the, that the part of that policy is, no, he can't wait till after basketball to do it. He's going to need to do it before. And so it, you know, I think it, it gels nicely in terms of like the consequences. And children, uh, regardless of their age, um, do better when they know that there's a consequence, and they not just a consequence, but they know what the consequence is. And I feel like that just that that just fits really nicely here with policies. The other thing is, and I definitely want to hear some feedback from you today, the other thing is, is that you can even come up with policies as a family. Um, and I think that that also strengthens things. Like, what's our family policy about how often we eat dinner together? What's our family policy about um, if if what this person cooks, then who, who does the cleaning up? You know, what's our family policy about, like, um, more than one of us need to use the shower at the same time, and we only have one shower. <laughs> you know, like, I think that um, it really can kind of lend itself to communication and it within the family unit. And, and I think that obviously works um, professionally as well, but there is, you know, there is that crossover. And I think that, you know, um, in our in our backstory, say, I think that's part of why we talked about these being both personal and interpersonal. And it doesn't matter where the interpersonal right. really is. So uh, your turn. You know what this Don't brings to that. mind for me? Right when you were talking about that, you know what that brought up for me is that I think I think what setting these policies removes is that feeling of being blindsided. Like mm -hmm. if you're already aware of someone's boundaries and that's always been the constant boundary, like you're always letting someone know this is a non-negotiable for me. I'm not going to yeah. have another conversation about it. Like this is how it is. No one feels mm -hmm. blindsided and everyone kind of knows what to expect. And I think that removes a lot of tension and not even just from like a personal standpoint you're in your home, but like professionally right. with your friends, like everyone understands where you're coming from because you're being honest with them with what you're willing and not willing to do. Right. And I think to add on to that, as you were saying that, is you don't have to guess, right? I don't have exactly. to guess. Like, say works for me. <laughs> you know, I don't, to, I don't have to guess whether or not you're going to respond to an email on your day off, right? 
If I email you on your if I email you on your day off, I know I am not going to get a response. You, you know, and so I don't have to I don't have to wonder about that, and I also don't have to wonder if and this just happened this week um, that if I am not if for whatever reason I don't know it's your day off, um, it, and if I don't get a response from you, then I don't have to be like oh. I guess she doesn't think it's important to respond to her boss. No, I know <laughs> if I don't get a response from you, it's because it's probably your day off. Yep. You know, so I think that, that, that it, just, it just makes some of these things, you know, some of these things easier. And um, in the same way Absolutely. that in parenting, right, that it makes like you, in parenting, you have to pick your battles. And in parenting, you have to, um, and and in parenting, you have to make decisions about is this worth battling for? Yeah, right. Yeah, I would assume that um, younger kids don't like the feeling of being blindsided either. So as a parent, being able to communicate, you know, this is what you're not allowed to do, this is what you're allowed to do, and everybody kind of understands what's expected of them. Yeah. Right, and I, so that's definitely true. It's true for little kids, but it's also true for your adolescents. It's also true, and we don't talk a lot about this, but um, 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 in this podcast. But uh, ultimately, I think it is it is really um, something that I know many of my peers have adults, their young adult um, children that deal with is like um, because you know when, when my daughter. Who, 21, so she easily can drink. She doesn't. She lives at college. But like now, we have to set a new set of policies because when she comes home, she's like she needs to still respect the policies of our home, even though she has her own home. <laughs> you know, at right. school. And yeah. So, yeah. So I think that there's like, a, a, um, I think that there's so much potential here. So you just have a, like a few seconds really left, and and I think what. Well, you know, if I can speak for you, um, say here, is I would just say that we really encourage you, take a look at how you're navigating your personal and interpersonal relationships and start thinking about, like, where should I set up some policies? Um, say, it makes you have a world of difference. Yeah. It really and does. Think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, I think that's, it, that is such an important part of becoming perfectly whelmed. Thank you again, Faye, for joining me for this episode. We'll see you again soon. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.